I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scan Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here as always with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who always keeps us appraised of the latest scams, especially those in Santa Barbara. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. So I got a phone call on my fraud hotline from a victim of a tech support scam, and it was a very sophisticated version of the scam. And I found out later that this exact scam has been popping up all over the South Coast, many different victims. Oh my gosh. Well, it's so important that we know what scams are happening locally and so that we can be prepared. And even though I say locally, I know if they're happening locally, they're probably happening all over. But how did the scam begin? Our victim, who I will call Carol, was working on her computer doing a project when suddenly her screen locked up and a red screen appeared. Now, this has happened to me at work and it was very scary. There was a voice saying, don't turn off your computer and things like that and shouting orders at me. Luckily, I have tech support here in the office so I can run to them and find out what to do. Yeah, I know, and that has happened to me before too. So what did you do, Vicki? Well, I unplugged my computer and then our tech support person rebooted me and also checked to make sure that nothing had been installed like malware. Is that what Carol did too? No. Unfortunately, she didn't have anybody there. She was working from home, but a message popped up on her screen telling her to call Microsoft Tech Support. And of course, conveniently, the number for tech support also popped up. Gosh, that was convenient, or maybe not, because I'm assuming she called and maybe it wasn't the real deal. What happened next? Well, she did call and the person who answered said, thank you for calling Microsoft. My name is Dane Austin and this is my ID number and he gave her a number. He also gave her a case number and then ran a check on her computer file. And he said that it showed attempted hacks of 28 active files. So they established a password of Mia and each time they talked, he had her use that password. And he also said there were three attempts to withdraw funds from her accounts as follows. And these were very specific. $15,238.96 from China for adult toys. $9,713.55 from Toronto, Canada for electronics. $25,899.53 from Moscow for furniture. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What happened next? Well, at that point, he asked her if she wanted to connect to the bank fraud department of her bank. And she said yes. So he connected her to U.S. bank fraud, a person who's named Charles Williams, also with an ID number. And he answered the phone saying, this is U.S. bank fraud department, Charles Williams speaking. And he told her that he had also done a search because somebody had called the bank using her name to verify those withdrawals. And he also said that somebody made another attempt to withdraw $291,000 for a mortgage. She quickly said, well, that was not me. And he assigned her a case number. He then proceeded to tell her what she needed to do in order to protect her account. He said that to, quote, break the chain, 
she would have to move her funds to a protected lockbox that the bank had, and eventually it was going to go into a secret account at Social Security. So the first thing he had her do was go to Wells Fargo Bank and open an account for $1,000. So did she follow his directions? Is that what she did? Yes. And then he talked her through a series of transactions involving various sums of money, including money from her savings account, her CDs, and her IRAs. And at some point in time after all of these transfers, Mr. Williams told her that her money was safe. This was after she had transferred in excess of $400,000. Oh my goodness. I hope this has a good ending. I'm a little worried right now. How did these scammers know the name of her bank? Did she give the bank name to them? No, she did not, which made it seem even more real. But she later remembered that there had been a data breach on June the 2nd of this year of the PERS retirement system. Now, that's the Public Employees Retirement System, which meant that thousands of people had their information compromised, including her, because she was in that system. And this phone call came to her mid-July, so she figured it took about this amount of time for the scammers to filter through the information that they got from hers and find her bank where her retirement money was deposited. Did she ask for written confirmation of these instructions? Yes, because she was skeptical and she told them she needed something in writing from the bank, which she got, along with a letter from Social Security Administration. Now, the letters look just like the correspondence that she normally got from her bank with their letterhead and their logo and everything. And same with the letter from the Department of Social Security. It looked completely official. Because, as I said, the money was supposed to eventually go to a safe account with the Social Security Department. How did she take the money out of her accounts? That was interesting. They instructed her, first of all, to get a cashier's check, which she did to the tune of $400,000. She had to close three IRAs and one CD. She took that money out and deposited it into the account she had opened at Wells Fargo. And then, per instructions, she went back a second time and wrote a personal check for $142,000, which she deposited in the same Wells Fargo account. What happened to this money? Well, she found out later that it had all been transferred to another Wells Fargo account in Florida, which was the account of an 84-year-old man, and she had his name. It did not go into that secure account at the Social Security Administration as she had been promised. Oh, I hope she was able to get some of this money back. Was she, Vicki? No. Unfortunately, by the time she realized that this was a scam, the money was long gone. Oh, my gosh. So that 84-year-old man was probably a money mule, whether he realized it or not. Did her bank say anything to her when she was withdrawing this massive amount of money? No, I asked her that. And unfortunately, the only thing the teller asked her was whether she realized that she would have to pay a tax penalty for the early withdrawal of the money from her IRAs. And that was it, Patty. There was no other communication. I mean, it was just so sad. And I'll tell you, one of the saddest byproducts of these scams is that the victims are often retirees. So the money that they give to the scammers is often from their retirement accounts, which means there's going to be no money left for retirement. And they are going to have a big tax bill that doesn't go away just because they were scammed into taking the money out. 
Yeah, Vicki, that is a very sad story. That is so much money. And oh gosh, I would just be heartbroken if I were her. Not that I even have that amount of money, but if you put it and you were planning to leave it for your heirs or take care of yourself in your old age or your spouse, that would just be devastating. Yeah, when you think about the time that it took for her to accumulate that amount of money, ah. I did tell a federal prosecutor that I have worked with in the past about this situation and also the retired FBI victim advocate Debbie Deem. I said, is there anything that can be done? This is so terrible. And of course, the answer was no, the money is gone and she voluntarily took it out. But I was told by the federal prosecutor that this scam has been happening frequently here on the South Coast. Oh my gosh. was the reason that I better get it on the show right away. Right. And it, it was such a sophisticated scam with so yes. many moving parts. Absolutely. And so many different people that she talked to, mm-hmm. all of whom seemed to have the right credentials. The fraud department from her bank, the guy seemed to know what her bank was, and she didn't tell them. So that gave more credibility to everything that they were saying and the specifics. The scammers are making that kind of money. I guess they can afford to work out all those details. Yep. Sad but true. Yeah. True. So just a very, very unfortunate situation and people need to be aware. They sure do. Yeah. And if you're watching this on YouTube or on a podcast, please share it with everybody that you know and make sure you subscribe because these are important warnings. Absolutely. Could you give your fraud hotline number, Vicki? Yes, of course. Area code 805-568-2442. So again, 805-568-2442. Yeah. And if you know about a scam or a near scam, we'd love for you to share your story on Scam Squad. Plus, Vicki has a whole lot of great advice and great experience. Thank you so much, Vicki. I didn't ask. Do you have any good news? Actually, I have a couple of pieces of good news if we have some time. I figured after this story, we, we could all use some good news. Yes. Yeah. So one piece of good news is this. We know that during COVID, many different relief programs were offered by the federal government to help people in need. And as we've talked about, unfortunately, fraudsters managed to get their hands on billions of dollars, billions of relief dollars. And we've talked, for example, about the unemployment benefits scams where crooks assumed the identities of working Americans filed for unemployment in their names and taking their benefits. Well, the feds put together some fraud enforcement task forces to deal with this problem, which included federal agencies like the FBI, Secret Service, IRS, Homeland Security, U.S. Postal Service, and many others. And as a result of their joint efforts, the Justice Department has now seized over $1.4 billion in COVID relief funds that the criminals had stolen. Over 3,000 defendants have been charged in federal courts and two more COVID fraud strike forces have been launched to continue the investigation. So the feds really are hard at work behind the scenes trying to get this money back. It wasn't just something where people threw up their hands and went, oh, well. That's good. That's good. (laughs) The feds are working hard. There's also another bit of good news. There was a malware, a very dangerous malware known as Quatbot that was used by international criminals to infect thousands of computers worldwide. 
This is where malware was installed in the computers, usually when somebody downloaded or clicked on a link. Unbeknownst to, the, of course, the, the person on the computer, malware was installed. Are you hearing that in the background? But it's okay. It's the fraud hotline probably okay. ringing, so you can check it All out. Right. So this malware created the opportunity for ransomware attacks and other cyber crimes caused hundreds of millions of dollars of losses to businesses and individuals all over the world. On August the 29th, the FBI announced that they had successfully launched an operation to disrupt and dismantle this malware system. And this particular operation was one of the largest ever led by U.S. law enforcement against botnet malware cutting it off at the knees. So again, the feds are hard at work. They are doing what they can on a massive scale, actually. Right, right. To deal with oh. these issues. So all is not lost. It's a huge problem, but I'm so glad they're making some headway. Thank you so thank much. You. I've had people comment too, that they so appreciate the good news. So thank you for sharing oh, good. that, Vicki. Okay. Yeah. All right. Day. Thanks. I look forward right. to hearing next week's morning. See okay. You. Bye. Bye.